It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Dave Hooker Show. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Objective insight, expertise, top guests. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker. Ready. It's a Sweet 16 sort of Monday with Caleb Calhoun. I am Dave Hooker. Big show lined up as Tennessee is on the practice field on a Monday morning. So we'll have a preview of a couple of positions that we haven't had an opportunity to tackle quite yet. So we look forward to that. Defensive backs and Tennessee's defensive line as the Vols open spring practice. And Tennessee in the Sweet 16. How did that happen, Caleb Calhoun? Kudos uh, to the balls. We talked about it Saturday night. Uh, we have instant reaction videos that you can certainly check out, but we've got even more reaction now. Your thoughts on Tennessee beating Duke in a, a very memorable win that I thought was memorable at the time. But, Caleb, since seeing some social media reaction, I think this is even more impactful for the fan base than I originally thought. How are you this morning? Pretty good. How are you doing, Dave? Well, what what did you think based off Tennessee peeps that you talked to? I think more than more than the win itself, which was a very exciting for a lot of Tennessee fans, I think eyes have gotten wide open on the possibilities now. Because with Purdue out, we talked about this on Saturday, an Elite Eight run is almost likely now. Michigan State just beat Marquette. So if Tennessee gets to the Elite Eight, they would play either seven seed Michigan State, which don't get, you can never count out Tom Izzo ever, ever. But at the same time, this is a 21 and 12 Michigan State team. This isn't your typical Michigan State team or three seed Kansas State. I think many of us don't think Kansas State is three seed caliber. I think a lot of Tennessee fans are happy that they knocked out Kentucky because Kentucky was a huge matchup problem for them. So I think there's a lot of excitement about what lies ahead because of this win. Most notably, the fact that Tennessee benefits from the fact that there is a lot of mediocrity in this year's NCAA tournament. Not a lot of good teams, not a lot of good offense. That favors physical, defensive teams like Tennessee. And I usually am not one to say defense wins championships. You know the rant I've been on with March Madness over the past two months. But the one thing I kind of miss is that in a year with so much parity and mediocrity, and I mean legit mediocrity, that's where being more physical and being more defensive-minded can sometimes come into play and help out, and that definitely helped out on Saturday. No, I think you're right. Um, is this the type of field that Tennessee can win from a physical standpoint? I mean, yeah. I mean, Duke has three 
players that I believe are going to play in in the NBA, Caleb. So if you're able to stop those guys, even though they don't have a very long bench, I think that speaks volume. So the fact that Tennessee could do that, I don't want to say back in with a defensive effort to the Final Four, but with what lays in front of them, you're right, what we thought was their Achilles heel, which is defense, 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 and this is how Tennessee plays, I'd actually be a strength in the odds of March. Yeah, this year it might. This might be one of those years. It's. I don't want to compare them to the Virginia team of 2019 that won the national title because I think that Virginia team was much better offensively. Anybody that actually watched that team in 2019 knew that they actually had a really good offense despite their defensive focus. What really stands out with Tennessee is that those physical defensive teams struggled last week. Purdue lost to 16 seed Fairly Dickinson. They are one of those defensive-minded, toughness, physical teams. And then Virginia lost to Furman. And so really you just had Tennessee, and then they got through the first weekend, and they have a more clear path. And you're right, you start to see like, okay, anything's really possible now. And the way Tennessee plays, I think what really stands out with them is that you're not ready for the type of physicality they're going to bring. And that can be very beneficial too, which is that it was very clear early on that Duke wasn't ready for Tennessee style of play. And they had been physical throughout the ACC. I mean, they were the physical team. That's what got them through the ACC tournament. And then they run into Tennessee, and Tennessee just took takes that to a whole new, to a whole new level. And they weren't ready for it at all. Part of that was John Shire made some mistakes coaching. They got in foul trouble. A lot of things like that. There's a lot of things for Tennessee. There's a lot of things that went Tennessee's way. But at the end of the day, the real story was that Tennessee was – Duke was not ready for what Tennessee brought to the table. And you might see a lot of that if they, if they play some higher seeded teams down the stretch. Uh, Travis says Duke is softer than the nice plaid polo Caleb is wearing. He might be. I thought he was going to refer to my polo because I'm wearing my soft, comfy polo. It's cold in Tennessee. I don't know what happened with that. Um, <laughs> but the weather's brutal. Travis says, good morning. What a time to be a volunteer fan. I was talking to a regional host this morning. And he just called and he said, well, um, I want to run this by you, my take on that. And this is that Tennessee is the, this is his take, not mine. Tennessee is the toughest athletic department in the nation, definitely the SEC. And his take was here, they are in the Sweet 16. They're banging people. They're playing hard. He knows football more than most. They are a physical team that's running the ball. They've uh, obviously got juice when it comes to baseball. So that was his take, is that Tennessee is one of the most intimidating uh, athletic departments in the nation. That's not from me. That's not from Caleb. That's not from somebody that covers Tennessee. That's from a regional host. I don't think of Miami saying Chuck Oliver. We talk every once in a while. And um, that was that was his take. And for a regional host to have that is a really good sign for Tennessee fans. These aren't just people that cover them that want them to do better. Um, so it's better for you. So I I, I thought that's impressive, and the argument can be made that they are one of the most impressive athletic departments in the nation right now. Yeah, and let's not forget, you know, the Lady Vols are playing tonight to go to the Sweet 16. Yep. They're a physical team. I mean, they they like to bang down low. It's the old Pat Summit way, however you feel about that. I think that's somewhat been holding them back over the years, but they're playing a 12 seed. They should easily get to the Sweet 16 if they if they win in this game, and – I think they have a better chance against Virginia Tech than they did when they played them earlier in the year. So that's going to be interesting. But you're right. The more I think about it, they are physical across the board. I have a hard time somewhat. I think – I don't know if the football team's more physical than other football teams. I think the thing is they're deceptively physical. I agree. And the one thing I said, too, that didn't really fit that that narrative uh, that when we talked about it this morning is that they were also a no-me group. You know, and I think uh, – those tough, physical, driven groups. You know, I think of guys that are a little bit more me guys where you couldn't say – you couldn't get Hendon Hooker to say his name last year. So, um, anyway, we just discussed that narrative a little bit. It was good stuff. Uh, today's tough question is now brought to you by Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn. Look at me, LASIK, no contacts, no glasses. Absolutely love it. I'll tell you more. But they bring you today's tough question – Brought to you by Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Han. Local visual correction right there in the Knoxville area.
Today's tough question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of offthehooksports.com. All right, so Caleb set this up. So if you're a Duke fan and you're mad, then Caleb's your guy. Okay, go ahead and hit that thumbs up button, the like button. We appreciate that. And we want to ask you this question. And I'm going to let you fill in the blanks on the message board. Worst whiners in recent Vols history. So there was a good bit of whining by Duke. And then I included Georgia, Alabama, and South Carolina. Although I don't know what South Carolina would whine about. They they won. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn has LASIK uh, correction. It has cataract uh, correction as well. And, man, you're just going to see better with no contacts and no glasses. And don't forget, they can do your regular eye care as well. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn, they're the only one that's local. So here are the first four I picked out. Duke, Georgia, Alabama, South Carolina. Worst whiners in recent balls history. Caleb, what do you think from today's tough question? I don't think it's close. After this weekend, it's Duke. It's <laughs> well, I've got to come up with four choices. It's it's Duke. And Duke is the – they are the Karens of basketball. They are the ultimate Karens. Explain Karen. that to me because my kids use that. I don't know what the Karens means. So it used to be like it, – it's it, it, it used to be a phrase to like the – privileged upper middle class woman like housewife between like you know middle age somewhat that um she gets in everybody's business and then she worries when she's mildly inconvenienced the ultimate can i speak to the manager person the ultimate can i speak to the manager when you're a worker just doing your job okay i i can be a speak to the manager type of person um well the one who is trying to undercut you so like some of the ones who were harassed during the during COVID and during the masking, however you felt about masking, the ones who a store says our policy is mask. Somebody comes in, has a takes a stand up, I don't have to wear a mask. And then they get mad when they get kicked out of the store because guess what? The store, whatever you felt about the mask, the store has a right to set their own rules. Sure. <laughs> and, and so um, or complaining that uh one recently it, it's it's these videos that go viral a lot. So one um the remember the central park woman a few years ago that that uh, called the police on the guy because all he did was ask her to put her dog on a leash i don't remember that one he it asked her to put her dog on a leash a, <clears throat> seems like we got quite a few of those nowadays yes he asked her to put her dog on a leash she called the police on him and said he's harassing me okay that seems a little somebody says dave why do you hate south carolina so much i don't even when we didn't do anything you still hate on us i find it an incredible uh compliment that sc scout guy would still like the channel even though we're primarily tennessee coverage so um (laughs) are you good with the four though that i threw out there the uh duke georgia alabama south carolina the but, uh, the worst whiners in recent balls history, those four. Yeah, I mean, I would try to squeeze Kentucky in there, but Kentucky did sweep Tennessee this year. But typically when Tennessee beats Kentucky in basketball, Kentucky just whines like to nobody, to no end. But I, I will say my experience with Kentucky fans pales into what I dealt with in Duke fans this past weekend. I've never seen fans. This is the- say Kentucky instead of South Carolina since they won. Yeah, yeah, we can do Kentucky. Well, I mean, they didn't win last year in football, but South Carolina, what do they have to whine about? They beat Tennessee. So there we go. The poll is up. Uh, The worst whiners in recent balls history. Uh, Go Duke, Georgia, Alabama, Kentucky. Who do you think wins in this thing, though? I mean, I think Tennessee fans will select Alabama or Kentucky. I'm selecting Duke. After what I saw, we don't see – we covering Tennessee don't see Duke fans a lot. You know what I mean? How, we, we talked about it over the weekend. How many times have the two played? I mean, not that much. And after this, guys, this is the program that cheered on Grayson Allen and is complaining about Tennessee being dirty. Let's just let that sink <laughs> in for a minute. True. Um, <laughs> in, in Dave's defense, Spurrier started South Carolina. Hey, I love South Carolina. I love Steve Spurrier. I've got nothing against South Carolina. Yeah, we're going to have to tell – we're we're in the media, so we have to tell people this now, guys. Even if you cover Tennessee media, 
There is no more beloved figure from a media perspective than Steve Spurrier. He's every journalist's favorite head coach of all time. Am I right oh, yeah. about that? Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. The <laughs> fact that he would call up John Adams of Florida League as a columnist and say, hey, John, you got anything to write tonight? <laughs> you just call him up is pretty unbelievable. Um, I know the weather's about to change. We're getting hopefully the last cold snap in in the East Tennessee area, but the weather's about to change. So when it does and that HVAC unit ain't doing great, you might not need a whole new unit. Call City Heating and Air Conditioning, cityheatandair.com. They're phenomenal. If you just need a part, some more Freon, they can do that. City Heating and Air Conditioning, cityheatandair.com. 50 years there in the field. Integrity uh, matters. So Tennessee on the practice field this afternoon. Also, a camp over the weekend that we're going to bring you coverage on of off the hook sports as recruiting is uh, starting to kick in. So this is essentially, we haven't even talked about this. I think you and I did off the show last week. Um, This is the uh, Lane Kiffin bowl uh, or Lane Kiffin elimination round. So you have FAU Tennessee thoughts. Yeah, you do. I think that, um, and by the way, going FAU's building off Duke. Did you see FAU's coach said that they'd have to uh, learn about the Australian Rugby League to play Tennessee? No, but to, to I, I will completely agree with you on this point that Duke fans can be insufferable. Not all, but Duke. some Duke fans can be insufferable. I've never understood, and I said this last week, why you can be a middle-class, upper-middle-class person pick out a school that would probably never take you, your kids, or your grandkids as your favorite basketball team. Makes no sense to me. I mean, you're probably never going to get in there. No matter if you make a 34 on the ACT, no matter if you have a 4.2, you're probably going to have to know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody. And that's uh, very, uh, very frustrating. So why would you pick them as your favorite school? Just because you had a couple of dudes that maybe looked a little bit more like you, uh, that were named Christian Leitner and Bobby Hurley. Is that it? I've never understood why middle America likes Duke. Because they have media stooges that cover for them everywhere. Okay. Doug Gottlieb was running, you know, was just out there carrying Duke's water cooler over the weekend and complained about the Uros foul. Then he started to complain about how, how what Uros does is just how dirty people play in Europe. And then, of course, there's a tweet for everything. So we found an old tweet of him talking about how much he likes Grayson Allen six years ago. Um, well, how about we find video footage of him stealing stuff from his teammates in the locker? He did that. <laughs> that Gottlieb <laughs> did that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Gonna lose all credibility there if you're stealing from your teammates in a locker room. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Reportedly, I didn't watch it, but everybody on Twitter said this happened. The game day crew after the game, the ESPN game day crew, called it a football game and said that the refs got Tennessee to the sweet 16, which by the way, Duke fouled more than Tennessee in this game. If anybody actually watched it, but I mean, you know, okay. So what would be your answer would be Duke and I, I BDB sports who covers Georgia is on with us too. So I'd love to get his thoughts because uh, basically I have um, been just destroyed by Georgia fans. So, so is Caleb. I mean, attacked because we mentioned that they might have NCAA issues. So if I go back to that list, recent history, I would have to say Georgia right now, Caleb. Well, from us, and us specifically get destroyed more by Georgia fans because we went at the, um, at the program, I think in a fair way, but I understand that. Duke's complaining because... A physical Duke fans are complaining because a team beat them doing what they do. Duke bragged about being physical throughout the ACC tournament, and then Tennessee. Yes, we all we both agree. Ross, that that was a bit of a ticky. That was an elbow. He was trying to send the message with that elbow early. I'm not going to pretend that, but to act like like half of Twitter was like Tennessee's playing penitentiary ball. Okay, but let me stop you right here. If you're on Duke, if if you cover Duke on a day to day basis. Can you at least make the argument that Tennessee was too physical in that game? Can you even make the argument, Caleb? Let me no. just go there. No, because they tried to be physical. Tennessee was just more physical. That's that's where I get at it. I'm going to agree with you. And I, I like to see the other side of it, but I thought both teams were very physical. 
I thought very early in that game it would come down to who had the deeper bench, and that was Tennessee. And I didn't think one team was significantly more physical than the other. Maybe the cut under the one Duke player's eyes made it look like that, but I didn't. I didn't feel like that was the situation. You? No, not at all. I didn't but feel they're like both they were physical. They were both physical. They both flopped a little bit. Like everybody came at Uros for the flop, but like the 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 tough box out Uros did that was a flop by Duke. So it went both ways and. Again, Duke was doing this throughout ACC play. They were bragging that this was how they won the ACC tournament, that they were more physical than everybody else. And then someone out-physicals them. This is the equivalent of the bully on the playground that's punching a bunch of kids, and then another bully comes and punches that bully, and then he cries and says, look at this bully. Can you believe he punched me? It's like... SEC scout guys with you says, I dislike Duke because 99% of their fans have never even stepped foot on campus. Right. And most of the professors would hold you in great disdain if you did. Yes. They're an, they're an elitist group. I mean, that's fine if you've made all this money. You want to have your own little college there and be special and pack Cameron indoor. I mean, that's fine. But I don't know why anybody that didn't go there would ever root for Duke. I, I don't understand why they're, they're they have a strong – they do have a strong fan following now. They have a media machine that covers for them. They have they are institutionally supported. Remember the NBA? I think one of the worst things ever was the NBA. Institutionally NBA. supported. I, what does this mean? I'm excited. So the team. media institutions back them again. We saw what again, the way it was reported on how Tennessee played Duke over the weekend was just that would not have been reported the other way. Also, let's just bring this up for a minute. I love when Caleb says, let's bring this up for a minute. That means I've (laughs) got something good. Another coach in any sport that got to coach the Olympic team four times in a row. Uh, Jim Beheim is an assistant for Mike Krzyzewski. Yeah, okay, exactly, exactly. (laughs) But Mike Krzyzewski, do you not think that played a huge role in his recruiting? I mean, don't get me wrong, he was Coach K, he was going to recruit well anyway. You don't think that gave him a massive advantage, though, when he's coaching the Olympic team? Four times in a row? Well, yes. I think that <clears throat> gives you a massive advantage. I also think the other thing that gives you a massive advantage is the piles of money that are sitting around there. Are you telling me that it's not easier to move some money around when you're at Duke? I'm talking before NIL. It's okay now. But the fact that they were some sort of bastion of great sports moral ethics and oh. it's just – bizarre to me i mean if you walk by past mike krzyzewski at the wrong time of day you could get dog cussed i the sanctimoniousness does drive me crazy that's perfect word yes and by the way i'm good on this because you know when you know who else drove me crazy with their sanctimony back in the day and for the record guys i I worked i worked at a small town newspaper in western maryland for five years there was a penn state satellite campus when the sandusky scandal broke and it didn't shock me because joe bertono was the most sanctimonious coach in all of sports and it drove me crazy, and I thought he was a fraud from the start because of that. You know who the guy that really bugs uh, coaches in coaching circles with that? Who? You could guess if I gave you a few minutes. Uh, Hugh I mean, Freeze. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, gosh, the Bible verses that he tweets? and Pastor, Pastor Hugh, that really bothers other coaches. They feel like it paints them. I mean, most coaches are in this area of the country are Christian as well. I mean, how devout they are, I don't know, one-to-one. But they feel like it makes them – look like they're they're not as devout as him when in retrospect validates the stereotype of the idea that evangelical protestant christianity in this country is just a business scheme i'm not saying that's right but a lot of people view evangelical christianity in that way and hugh freeze is the peak person they can point to i I do hope for his sake that he has turned things around it i mean it would have to be incredibly disheartening and embarrassing to go what he went through can you imagine if that ever happened again and that he looked like a hypocrite twice. I, I hope he's got things worked out, but I tend to hope the best for most people. Try. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Except for Ezekiel Elliott, he could just uh, go away. Portions of the program brought to you by Zulbeer, XULBeer.com. Zulbeer has parking in downtown Knoxville and worldwide award winning craft beer. Zulbeer Company is phenomenal. Great merch as well. We're going to start a couple of position previews, spring practice position battles. Also talk some defensive backs, defensive linemen previews, as that's all on offthehooksports.com. There is a lot going on. Your team, though, however, 
is in the sweet 16 when it comes to hoops. That is uh, really awesome for a fan base that I think struggled to kind of follow these guys as they it, they don't play the prettiest game of basketball. It's it's pretty awesome for this fan base. Really cool. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. More after this, the most important position battles as spring camp opens for the Vols. This is Off Folk Sports. Family has been creating jewelry since 1986, each piece unique with a story all its own. I'm Rick Terry with Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. I'm a jeweler, and I want to be your jeweler. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler. My family and staff look forward to serving you. So please come see us. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street, right next to the Tennessee Theater. Inflation has risen to the highest level in over 40 years, according to the April 2022 U.S. Inflation Calculator. Will your investments provide you the income you need in retirement? Are you losing purchasing power of your savings due to inflation? Simply stated, if the cost of goods and services are 8% higher and you're only earning 4% in your investments, that money buys you less of what you need. Right now is the time to act. Call Guardian Investment Advisors today. Hey folks, Gary Viles here. I want to personally invite you to North Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant. It's Big Orange Phillies, located in Black Oak Center. And yes, folks, it's happening in halls. Big Orange Phillies offers family-friendly environment with homemade meals and the best deli-style subs around. Billiards, darts, jukebox, shuffleboard, and cornhole, and a full bar. We also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events. We even have a covered back patio. It's happening at Big Orange Phillies. We want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Dare to compare. Chattanooga, we're at it again. For the fifth year in a row, you voted us best of the best criminal and DUI law firm. And finalist for best law firm and best personal injury firm. Thank you for the love, Chattanooga. We won't let you down. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassey's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassey Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment with a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. A college football tradition like no other. Yes, sirree, boys and girls. Or the guy that just won't leave. Wow, that is sad. The Dave Hooker Show, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Back to Dave Hooker. Caleb, I didn't even talk to you. Did you go out on St. Patrick's Day? You're still a young man. You might do those sorts of things. We got a local neighborhood pub that we went to. Um, we we basically live at that pub. We walk there all the time. So the best ones. Uh, those are the best ones to have. Um, yeah, I had a. Uh, I, I went out on St. Patrick's Day. I never used to do that um, because I always called those days like Cinco de Mayo and stuff, amateur hour. Um, <laughs> and I, I just love people that didn't drink a lot and they drank too much and they acted goofy. But 
No, it didn't have any issues. Is St. Patrick's Day still the big drinking holiday that it used to be? Or Oh, that... yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we were trying to cut down on our drinking, and we're like, we'll have a couple of drinks at the pub and just enjoy the scene. You know, like three fr- three people. I wouldn't even say friends. Three people we know come around to us and be like, hey, let's do a shot. Hey, let's do a shot at St. Patty's Day. Hey. And then we're like, I guess we'll oblige. We're not going to say no. And <laughs> I did see something I've heard. I've seen a lot of double fisting, which is when you're holding two drinks at the same time. And maybe once or twice I've done that. John Lee says bloody Mary out of a coffee cup on Sunday morning. <laughs> referring to Catholicism. We're not going to go down to taking random shots at different religions, but I saw what I've never seen before Had some sort of whiskey in his left hand on Friday night, had some sort of other drink in his right hand with ice in it. And then under his arm, he was holding a wheat beer. So he was triple fisting it. I had never seen Nice, nice. <laughs> so St. Patrick's Day for me is being the history major that I am. I would never forget college. I'm majoring in history. And, uh, and at this point, I'm studying a little bit of Western European history. And I will never forget the first time I learned about the Irish car bomb, the drink. Oh, yes. And the first thing that comes to my mind is this is the most offensive phrase I've ever heard for a drink. Yes. But then I went sake bombing, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of offensive, too. <laughs> so, that may be more offensive. Uh, Travis yeah. says, I always liked Lou Holtz. I don't know how. Oh, uh, SC Scott guy says he played football for Lou Holtz, who would give a 20-minute sermon. All right, My Lou Holtz memory is interviewing him as uh, I guess was South Carolina's coach and asking about his wife, who wasn't in a great health at the time, and then I remember as soon as I said, that is uh, Lou Holtz, and ended the recording. I got uh, cursed out for taking too much time. <laughs> oh, Lord. How dare you take up too much time? I can't really, <laughs> can't really do the impression at all. It is time for four downs. We get to four downs right now, a daily event on the program. We start each and every weekday at 10 a.m. Eastern time. A lot to talk about. So get on the message board, your thoughts on the basketball balls. And spring camp opens today. All kinds of great stuff on Off the Hook Sports. Four Downs is right now. We get to that brought to you by Bassey Lawn and Garden Man Alive. It's worth the drive. Four Downs. Four questions. Four answers. The Dave Hooker Show. Four. 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 Downs. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. I want to turn most of these to Caleb, if I may. So let's talk some defensive backs. We'll preview Tennessee's defensive backs heading into the spring. You have said many times, and I agree with you, Caleb, that Trayvon, Trayvon Flowers last year was undervalued. Is that the term you would use? If so, why? And I think we're on the same page here. Yes, Trayvon Flowers was undervalued and underrated massively. And this had to do with the fact that at oftentimes as a free safety, which he was, there are different, you know, there's the physical safety, the strong safety, and then there's a the free safety. Um, they're much more responsible in coverage. And typically you want it to be where your free safety can be the ultimate playmaker because they have the good backing of cornerbacks on either side. Trey Flowers didn't have that luxury because there were no good cornerbacks on either side. So rather than try to provide that extra safety blanket and maybe, you know, come up with a few big plays here and there, he actually had to cover for so many serious deficiencies at cornerback and at nickel. And that sacrificed what he was able to do to really help his draft stock. I think it's the reason he wasn't invited to the combine, honestly. And I think whoever signs him as an undrafted free agent is going to get a steal. And you think he'll slide that far to undrafted free agent? I still think he'd get picked in the sixth or seventh round. I mean, not being invited to the combine was a little red flag. Um, Fair. Yeah. It's, I mean, look, if you ask me, who am I drafting, Trayvon Flowers or Jeremy Banks? Trayvon Flowers. Not even thinking about it. And Banks got invited to the combine and was named to the all combine team. But I would draft Trey Flowers over him every single time. And he was a very unselfish player this last year. So the question, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So the question this year becomes, who can fill that void? Not just the void of understanding the nuances of playing safety, because the same issues are going to be there this year. The quarterback position is not going to be any better. And who can fill that void? Who has the maturity to do it? 
and who also has the willingness to make that sacrifice? And that's a big question. Uh, let's go second down. Are, do the Vols have the necessary parts in place? That's second down. You've got Christian Conyer, Ricky Gibson, Jack Fletcherell, Jordan Matthews, John Slaughter to mention a, a few. Are the guys, maybe not for this year, but are the the, the guys on campus that will, will build eventually a strong secondary, are they on campus right now, Caleb? I believe they are. I actually, wow, think I didn't think you'd say that. Actually. I know. I, yeah, I'm going to be fair. I think they are. I think that they, I think Josh Heibel recruited well in this year's secondary. I think that there are still other guys that you could see play a larger role. You know, Wesley Walker started to see his uh, reps increase a lot down the stretch of last year. True. And so, initially. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think there is definitely a lot of potential with this group. It's just not going to be this year. It's not. And, it's I think you've talked about it. You can learn cornerback more easily than you can learn safety, right? Yes, definitely. And safety is the one position you're a great natural athlete, I guess I should say. Yes, right. if you're a great if you're a great natural athlete, I think you can. If you've got great hips and physical ability, I, I yeah. think it's much easier to learn a quarter. Right. I mean the only the only major playmaker I ever remember at safety for Tennessee as a freshman was Eric Berry, who was just the most special player I think I've ever seen. And Outside of him, I can't remember a freshman who made a massive impact at safety for Tennessee. So, yeah, I think that the the the, the bodies are there. The issue is there's nobody experienced enough to play that safety spot that Flowers left, and that's a concern. So third down, I'm going to continue along those lines in, in the defensive backfield. Who is the most important newcomer? For Tennessee, who will have the biggest impact in year one? I've said before, I'm going to go uh, Jordan Matthews. I've, I've liked him from the get. I, nobody has given me any reason not to like him. And I continue to think that, that was a surprising get for Tennessee that uh, they don't get under maybe a, a previous coach or two or three. I just thought that was a really big pickup out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. The LSU guys, usually if they want you, they get you. And Tennessee got that pull from there. I think you'll have a pretty big impact pretty early. What say you, Caleb? You know, I want to disagree with you, but I agree. I, I would have said maybe Gabe Julie the BYU transfer, but I, I think he could be serviceable. But I don't see Gabe Julie as like a future lockdown corner. I see that with Jordan Matthews. And I'm going to admit this. I'm being a little biased to my love for Louisiana football. I, covering recruiting services for a while, there's two things I've gathered. Kids who come from Texas oftentimes get massively overrated in recruiting rankings. And kids who come from Louisiana get massively underrated. Louisiana still has great recruiting, but I almost feel like every recruit in Louisiana should have an extra star added to whatever their rating is. Because I just think they're – I don't think – it seems like a lot of the services miss on how elite the talent is out of that state in Louisiana. And you can track the NFL to see that. Go ahead and smash that like button. We greatly appreciate that. Before we get to fourth down, uh, brought to you by our friends at Bassey Lawn and Garden Man Alive. It's worth the drive. Previewing Tennessee's secondary heading into spring camp. Bassey Lawn and Garden Man Alive. It's worth the drive. Commercial mowers, uh, industrial, all right there. The buying power <clears throat> in Cleveland, Tennessee is worth the drive from Nashville, Knoxville, Chattanooga, right there in Cleveland, Tennessee. Bassey Lawn and Garden Man Alive, it's worth the drive. So if we ended this past season for fourth down, let me set this up properly, Caleb. If we ended this past season, <clears throat> pardon me, and you looked at one player that Tennessee could not do without in the secondary from 2022, who would it be? Who would it have been if it's Trey Flowers? So not counting Trey Flowers because he's gone, right? You can count him. Would he have been the guy that you would have said – that's the guy they couldn't do without to play as well as they played, which was questionable in 2022. Yeah, I, that, that, that would have been my guy. I would have said without Trey Flowers, they would have been even worse than they were. And okay, so let me ask you this as I remind people to smash that like button. Thank you, John, and subscribe if you haven't. Who will be that guy that fills in that blank when we're having this discussion in 11 or so months? I mentioned him earlier. I'm going to take a leap of faith and say – Wesley Walker. I think I saw enough from him down the stretch last year. I, I don't know if he's going to play nickel or corner. I mean, he can play any, he can play nickel corner or safety. He can play any of those spots. 
And I, I think that, I think you're going to see him be very, very reliable um, to a certain degree. I, I think that you could say Jalen McCullough, who's still there at safety, but I think McCullough's more, you want him making plays, being physical up front, coming down with interceptions if possible. I don't know if he's the guy that can cover for deficiencies. I think Wesley Walker is going to be a huge, I'm expecting a huge boost from him this year. I'm actually going to take McCullough because, you know, he had the issue, but I would have taken Wesley Walker second. So it's funny that we're going down that line. I think we're expecting the safeties to take a step up to fill in for a flowers, but the corners are pretty good. Is that kind of what we're saying? Or at least pretty known, maybe not pretty good, but pretty known is their physical ability. And I'll say this, whether it's Matthews or Gibson, whoever is going to pop up and take a step athletically, we are still talking about guys that are developing in their late 18s and or late teens and, and early 20s. So I think you're going to see one of those guys step up. I think it's Matthews, but you will have a guy step up in that regard. But I'll take Jalen McCullough. If we're having a conversation 11 months from now and we say that Jalen McCullough or Wesley Walker really stepped up and Tennessee didn't miss Trayvon Flowers, then we're talking about a defense that – was probably every bit as good and significantly better than last year. If if one of those guys step up, Caleb, do you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I don't think they're going to have much of a drop off at linebacker. I think there are some issues with um, edge rusher and defensive line um, because of a couple of losses. But I, I will say on 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 the defensive line, you're not going to learn much about that in the spring. There are a couple of guys that still need to get into the program that are going to be summer enrollees. Sean Davian Bradley's one of them. And I think Tyree Weathersby is the other one. And so until you get those guys in, you're not really going to see who's going to fill those voids left by Byron Young and Latrell Bumpus. So I think that's still going to be a question going into the summer, but I think it, I think we're going to find out pretty quickly that who's, who steps in at linebacker and since he has a lot of options there, so they should be okay. So there, that makes the chance that the defense is better. Yep. I agree. Uh, the biggest question heading into spring camp, and by the way, we'll have a ton of video up from uh, spring camp up today and also a great uh, feature on a top Tennessee prospect, a lot going on at offthehooksports.com. Smash that like button and give us a thumbs up. And also, if you haven't subscribed yet, you got to do it. A video with Cooper Mays going up this afternoon, also a preview of Tennessee's defensive lineman headed into spring camp. And then we get to a piece by the one, the only Caleb Calhoun next, the most pressing questions heading into the spring session of the football season. Stay tuned more after this off the hook sports. Two minutes. Sun, sand, and salt water. The beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassies, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassie Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Hey folks, Gary Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car. It's about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And as always, we want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Chattanooga, we're at it again. For the fifth year in a row, you voted us best of the best criminal and DUI law firm. And finalists for best law firm and best personal injury firm. Thank you for the love, Chattanooga. We won't let you down. Our family has been creating jewelry since 1986. Each piece unique, 
with a story all its own. I'm Rick Terry with Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. I'm a jeweler, and I want to be your jeweler. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler. My family and staff look forward to serving you. So please come see us. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street, right next to the Tennessee Theater. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You're listening to the Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. The internet is full of pictures of each and every one of you. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off The Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Is there nothing you people can't do? Also available on offthehooksports.com. I have to be honest. When we asked today's tough question a little bit earlier, I did not expect it to be Duke. Even with the recency bias that is in there, I thought that most of you would say Alabama or Kentucky or Georgia, and I specifically let it be non-specific to basketball or football. But right now on our Twitter page, 44% of you say that Duke is the worst whiners in recent balls history. 27% says Alabama, Kentucky 24%, Georgia 3.4%. Calhoun, we get attacked by Georgia fans on the YouTube uh, channel. I would have had that the exact opposite. We get attacked, but not on a level of I, – I didn't think it was an, an inconsistent attack. It's because we took a stance that we have experience with having covered Tennessee that Georgia fans don't have experience with yet. Because And, and I, I gave them a break. I gave Georgia fans a break because I will say, Georgia spent 20 years being the program of integrity and sacrificing winning – so they kind of have a little bit of a right, while no other school was on their level of the up and up, okay? And so they kind of have a right to say, you know what, forget this. Let's just throw it all out the window. I want to win a couple of national championships. <laughs> it's pretty much where, where we are right now. But I don't think Georgia fans particularly like Caleb, and I think they particularly don't like me. But they're not sanctimonious. They're not like Duke, who just, oh, my God, we're Duke. <laughs> we're so fancy we play basketball the right way and if you play exactly like this you're cheating Sorry. i think there's a whole character there that can be developed and it's <laughs> it's caleb calhoun's british accent character uh what the h is now it's brought to you by andy mason real estate the biggest position battles ahead of 2023's spring practice which begins today Andy Mason Real Estate can save you thousands or tens of thousands of dollars. Yes, he can. Don't go to anybody else in real estate in Knoxville. AndyMasonRealEstate.com, over 40 years of experience. They have the best prices in the best service. How easy is that? Pretty awesome. And they bring you what the H? What the? What was he thinking? Release the hounds. The Dave Hooker Show. Keep cool. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. All right, here we go. So the biggest question marks of spring camp. Let's get to those. Caleb Calhoun with a great piece on Off the Hook Sports right now. So as you assemble this list, tease me forward because I see what is number 10. I see number nine and going on down. It looks like you started with special team and then we go through the list. Uh, So how did you assimilate, assemble the word I'm looking for, uh, this list, Caleb Calhoun? So I I looked at which position battles have blatant it's which position battles have voids to fill and which ones have um, more open competition where we don't know exactly who's in the running and also which positions just matter more. I ranked all of those 
I also factored in who's here in the spring, because as you know, not everybody's taking part in it. So like I said earlier, defensive line and edge rusher, those are going to be some position battles. They're not going to be till fall camp. It, don't read into what you see from them in the spring at all. No. And so, yeah, like I said before, there will be a spring practice tailback. It will get like a thousand yards in spring practice, but he's not going to play. In the oh my gosh, you're so right. Every year I've covered spring, it's like this running back is really standing out. Kirsten Vickers, Michael Stewart. <laughs> so I started with that. And then so I ranking, I ranked them a little bit by importance. So maybe I should have put place kicker higher because of that. Because honestly, football analytics say kicker is the second most important player on the field outside of the quarterback. That's not, that's not true. All right. So let's let's run through these. Uh the biggest uh questions of spring camp. You start off with kick returner number 10. Why? Because Jimmy Holiday transferred, and he was Tennessee's feature kick returner. And so it's going to be pretty open, honestly, in the spring. I'm not really sure who's going to take the role. I would think maybe Dylan Sampson, because you've got two speedy backs and Jalen Wright and Dylan Sampson, and you got to find different ways to get each of them the ball. So I think maybe Dylan Sampson is a kick returner. Could be Squirrel White, but we don't know yet. I like Dylan Sampson as a kick returner. Squirrel White feels more like a punt returner to me based off uh, shiftiness. So we go down to number nine, place kicker. Chase McGrath is gone. Uh, your thoughts on who fills in for McGrath and do we figure it out in spring camp? I figured it. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Indiana transfer Charles Campbell, um, but Josh Turbyville was a highly touted. He's more of a punter, but he is doubles as a punter and a place kicker, but he was highly touted uh, recruit coming out. Toby Wilson has some experience, and JT Carver still on the roster. But I think Josh Heupel brought on Charles Campbell for a reason. We're not going to know at the end of the spring because Josh Heupel's so darn cagey, he won't even admit who wins the starting kicker job. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think that's going to change uh, anytime soon. All right, so the next one, we've got punter at number eight. Could that be Turbyville as well? Possible? Turbyville's my, fav- my favorite to win this. Yeah, I got Turbyville. I-, I know Colby Morgan has had a couple of punts in the past, I believe. Jackson Ross, I, have, I don't think he's had any any punts in the past with the program, but I, I think Josh Turbyville is the one with the the uh, rare leg. How about that? Yep. Um, and tight end, um, you have as a, a question mark. I think we think Tennessee's very good in good shape with Jacob Warren, but they want two tight ends that are bona fide. So I would imagine they would like for somebody to step up uh, pretty quickly in that that second tight end spot because I think they're good with Warren, but maybe McCallan Castle steps in there. I think Ethan Davis, the four star guy, is probably still a little bit raw from what I'm hearing. But you would like somebody to step in this fall to be the guy that rotates with uh, Jacob. Yeah, and just so people know, when I say something is a question or a position battle, I don't mean that that's that it's something to worry about in the fall. It just means that we don't know exactly who's going to fill a void that was left and. Perfect. I think, I think tight end is one of those where you have some options. Obviously, Jacob Warren is a returning one. Um, I think that I think Heupel likes to have one physically imposing tight end, and Jacob Warren and Charlie Browder both fill that role. Warren is going to be the one, obviously, that starts on that. And then you want kind of your playmaking tight end who can between the twenties get you a lot of yards on a on a pass catch or things like that. That's where Ethan Davis will come into play or McCollin Castles. That is a bit of a question because if Ethan Davis is raw, we don't know how good McCollin Castles is going to be. So they may be a little short on your playmaking tight end. You know, the guy, the tight end that can take a five yard out route and turn it into a 60 yard game, that type of tight end. True. And they're going to have to have a guy that can step in and it may be Jacob. I don't know, but that can step in and, be that versatile athlete uh, close to the goal line that Princeton Fant was, so play a little bit of fullback as well. And Jacob may be that guy. Um, McCallan Castles may be that guy, or they might have to find somebody else. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. I haven't gotten any inclination from the people I've talked to either way. Weak side linebacker, um, yes, I think that's uh, very important, significant. Who steps up? And there from a weak side linebacker standpoint, in, in your mind, Caleb, is a spring camp opening now. Well, obviously, strong side, middle linebacker Aaron Beasley's there. And the good news for Tennessee on this is everybody who's going to play linebacker is already there for the spring. So Josh Heibel, I think they were already there in December. So Heibel can get it. And Jeremy Binks has, had already left. And everybody was probably saying good riddance. So Josh Heibel can really – he's already got a head start on this race. 
I think it's going to be Keenan Peely. I think the experience matters more than anything. I think there are a lot of young guns, though, that you're going to see make a push into the rotation. But Keenan Peely is going to, I think, walk away with this job pretty easily. Yep. Um, I believe that as well. Um, I think that he is going to be a really good player. And then uh, wide receiver. Don't have a lot of concern, and that would sound crazy since the balls are potentially losing – potentially two first round picks i think it's probably going to be a late first to mid second on tillman and probably a late second to third on jalen hyatt from people i'm talking to but let's say two top three round picks it would say crazy to think that tennessee's okay at wide receiver but i actually think they are yeah i think they're fine this is again this is just a big question over who's going to fill the voids I, i i mentioned wide receiver because technically there are two voids to fill with tillman and slot there's not really a void at wide out though Rubicoy and Ramel Keaton were playing wide out for most of the season anyway last year and I think they're going to be the two main wide outs the question is really in the slot is Dante Thornton or Squirrel White going to be the guy two different type of slot receivers but and I as much as I'm a fan of Squirrel White I think the job's going to Dante Thornton I just think that I don't know. You you can't teach that size, and that's just a rare, rare, rare opportunity for Tennessee's offense just to be historically amazing. Let's go back to tight ends for just a second because Jay Mack volunteer on the message board had a question. Saw the tight end size today when they realized when they released a newcomer heights, weights, and numbers. Castles and Davis are both 6'5", 230. It's a good size, but you all think they should have more weight. I have no issue with the amount of weight that Davis is is carrying right now from watching his tape and talking to people over there. So if he's at 230, that's great. I just think he has to pick up some of the nuances of running routes, pass protection. I think that's his issue. Castles, remember, is a transfer, so he's a more mature body, uh, Caleb. So you would think he would be a little bit bigger. And, again, same thing. I think that physically he's fine, but you just want to make sure. You, 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 can't, you can't allow any – um, freedom to, to some guy to get on the field, Caleb, that doesn't know pass pro. So I think that's the biggest challenge for either Ethan uh, or McCallan Castles. I mean, you, you have to be sure and protect Tennessee's passer. That's that's a mainstay for this offense. Yeah, picking up those nuances matter more. I think the 230 range is fine for those two. Remember, Charlie Browder and Jacob Warren are in the 6'7", 250 range, I believe. Isn't Jacob Warren 6'7", right? He's right at 6'6", six, six, but it wouldn't surprise me if he'd gotten up to 6'7". Okay, so yeah, they're in the 6'7", 250 range. There are two different types of tight ends Hypo uses. Router and Warren are more, again, they're oftentimes goal line tight ends. I, I would say red zone tight ends, where they can be physically imposing, where no one can really guard them if you're trying to throw it past them in the end zone. You, It's okay for Castles and Davis to be in the 230 range because Princeton Fan, I think, was only 235. And if you're going to have the tight end that can be a pass protector, but also, like we said, take a be, be the athlete. They're normally going to be more in the 230s range and the 250s range, usually. So I think that's fine. Agreed. So we hit wide receivers. Uh, let's get to quarterback. You know where I stand. Um, I do still believe, again, no inside. I'm not Dennis dotting you at all, but I do believe that just the way I look at this, outside looking in and Nothing really to give you any insight as to Joe Milton's tanking. I don't mean anything like that. I think he's doing just fine. But I think that will start at some point based off what he does, not necessarily what Joe Milton does. In in other words, I don't think Joe Milton loses the job. But I think that will get it eventually i know you disagree and a lot of people do caleb but you do have quarterbacks pretty high on your list of questions entering spring so what say you yeah i have it high because quarterback is the most important position on the field (laughs) so i mean (laughs) kind of like the rook card you know yeah exactly i will say this dave something working in your favor travis says and here it is i'm not hating on joe milton if I could get a clip of him pronouncing his name like this, I would do it, but he would just say Joe Milton. It's as easy as Dave Hooker and Caleb Calhoun. Joe Milton the third. So we got to do the Duke voice. Joe Milton the third. Joe Milton the third junior Esquire. Yes. Um, how excited were you about the fact that Ian Maliava comes in at 205 and not 195? Does that, does that make you even more bullish on Nico? Um, I'm pretty bullish. 
I think that guy's going to be able to, uh, I think he can do a lot. So I'm not worried about the taking a couple extra protein shakes. Yeah. So do you, what do you think he needs? He's six, six. So do you think he needs to get to two fifteen? I mean, I think he eventually needs to play at two twenty five or two thirty. Wow. That's like a big quarterback. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I mean, I, that, that's the only question I have is frames a little slight. So yeah, I think he needs, I mean, I'm not talking about this year, but where will he play in three years? <clears throat> I mean, I think he would easily play at 225 or 230, don't you? Yeah, I think I, I could see him. Get, I mean, I've never – I haven't covered all-season conditioning the way you probably have. I mean, is it is it easy to put on like 30 pounds in the course of a couple well, of – Not in just this season, but I believe – I believe before he's rolling out there, as everybody would expect a starter into 2024, mm-hmm. that um, – uh, Nico will be at 225, 230 in a minimum, and then just continue to get bigger and fill out his frame. It happens to us old guys, Caleb. Well, well I guess it just comes on, man. I guess it helps because, like, I guess you're a quarterback, you're not doing the type of drills where you're running nonstop every day. So you're not constantly burning calories, right? Playing quarterback. The yes. way you would be. Like, if you're playing receiver, that's going to be hard to put on 30 pounds. Right. So uh, you got offensive tackle in it, uh, third. They replace a guy named Darnell Wright, who was probably the most gifted athlete that Tennessee had on the roster. That's a pretty big guy, no pun intended, to replace. But I actually think that uh, Tennessee will be okay in that regard. And I think it'll be Crawford or Mincy on the right side. And I think that they'll battle there. There will be a step down. But uh, as far as losing one of their top players overall, I think Tennessee will be able to handle it. They won't be as good at right tackle, though, no question. Yeah, so tackle I put in here, and I made a point to say that I'm not including the left guard spot, which Jerome Carr would love void. And the reason I haven't put that in is that one's much more wide open, and you got two linemen who aren't going to arrive until the summer who could be in the race for that. So I stuck with tackle, and the reason I did is you're right. Gerald Mincy and Jeremiah Crawford, both returning co-starters, I guess you could say, plus Andres Carrick and John Campbell Jr., two transfers. Two of those four guys are going to occupy the tackle spots. That That's what's going to happen. Yes, and um, I think Carrick is going to be at that guard position. I think he's going to be really good, mm-hmm. just for the record. Cornerback, uh, uh, number two on your list of questions, entering spring camp, absolutely. I mean, that it's going to continue to be a question mark until it's not is the easiest way to put it, Caleb. Yeah, they return everybody at cornerback, and it's still like one of the top two position <laughs> battles. <laughs> they had signs up. We'll even take a guy named Caleb and Dave. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I don't think this one needs any explanation. It's like the back in the days, and this still happens, okay, on occasion. Like the Cowboys, when, for instance, when their kicker missed, what, four ex, 48 extra points in a game. Um but they had a kicker come in and try out. Remember when they used to, from time to time, they've done this at the college level where they'll say they'll take walk-ons to come in and try out? Yes. Yeah, Is that not the that. most? I mean, I've had Philip Fulmer who had to say that. So, and I think Lane Kiffin at one point said, we'll, we'll take uh, anybody that can kick or something. That. I think that was after, after the Mount Cody game. But is that not the ultimate indictment if you've been at a program for three or four years and you don't have a kicker lined up of your roster management? That is terrible, right? Yeah, that's a huge indictment of it. Um, I mean, if it's year one, I get it. But in there three or four. The thing with kickers, though, I mean, there is the point of you can only scout so well because kicker psyches are the most fragile thing in all of in all sports. You know, you could miss one kick and just completely melt down after that and never hit anything again. Da- you, you bring up Daniel Lincoln with the, the Mount Cody game. Daniel Lincoln was an All-American in 2007. Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to rem- <clears throat> um, Well, that would have been in 2009, the Mount Cody game. Right, but Daniel Lincoln was the one who had the kick blocked, and he was an All-American in 2007. Right. And just that, I thought that was a weird throwaway line by Lane. but kind of threw his kicker under the bus a little bit. Well, I, I thought the way he coached that game was to throw his kicker under the bus, but that's just me. <laughs> I, I thought that you go for more yards to get an easier field goal, but Lane Kevin didn't want to be blamed for something going wrong if he, if, if he did that. I, I'm sorry. I've, I've been, I believe that from the start. I won't roll with the motivation, but I'll roll that it was a bad decision. And lastly, number one, you've got free safety, which we talked about. Replacing Trey Flowers will be a challenge. 
Uh, I like Jalen McCullough maybe a little bit more. They could go in a, a couple of different directions. Let's remember we thought Wesley Walker and Andre Turrentine were just going to step on the 2022 um, a preseason camp, a field, and just be able to s- snag starting positions. I'm not going to start making those type of predictions, but somebody will come out of somewhere like Slaughter did this past year and be able to provide a lift. You would think it's safety just because, man, it's vacant. Yes. No, I, I agree. Um, I don't think it's going to be McCullough because I think McCullough is going to stick with that strong safety spot on the other side. He's a he's a harder hitter. He's more of a playmaker. I think the problem, luckily for Tennessee, everybody's in. everybody's there. So they can really get a good look early on at this. But this is a really difficult void to fill. Cornerbacks in open position because everybody's just terrible and you need, some, you need to find somebody decent. Free safety is in open position because you know the cornerback spot's still going to be terrible. And you need to find somebody who can play free safety and cover for the deficiencies that are going to be a cornerback. That's going to be really hard. Uh, Which we learned, by the way, for anybody who wants to know how safeties make cornerbacks, look at Richard Sherman's career after he stopped having Earl Thomas back him up in in the NFL. Yeah, it's huge. Uh, Fred White, who joins us, is our safety of choice uh, each and every Friday, a football Friday with Fred. Brought to you in part by Craft Treats. Go to crafttreats.com and use the promo code off the hook. That's the promo code off the hook, and you get their chill pills or any other of the fine offerings there at crafttreats.com for 30% off. Use the promo code off the hook, crafttreats.com. You'll absolutely love the chill pills. Great for your pets arthritis your pet's digestive issues or maybe just anxiety and they've got all kinds of non-cbd uh craft treats as well so you will love that use the promo code off the hook have a fantastic day everyone he's caleb calhoun i'm dave hooker this has been a presentation of off the hook sports hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.